Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Today is uh, episode 48. On today's podcast, we have a new guy in the studio, Craig Partridge. He's one of our uh, new sales guys from out of this office looking for new distribution points and working with uh, with kind of distributors. Also, uh, along those lines today, we've got calling in one of those new distributors, Jeff uh, Allen from uh, Sharp Brother Seeds in Kansas, and spent a good bit of time talking with Jeff about native grasses and, and their products like that. So hope that you enjoy this and find it as interesting as we did. Well, hi, and welcome to MC Podcast 48. Appreciate you guys tuning in today and listening in on us. In studio today, we have the one, the only, Thank goodness. someone you have never met, <laughs> Craig Partridge. Craig, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. So this is the first time that we've been able to podcast yeah, I together. I don't know what the problem's been. Well, I so there's probably two problems. One of them is is that when I'm out working, you're here. Maybe. Maybe. And then when I'm here, you're I'm, you're out working. I might be out. You working. might be out working. <laughs> so so uh, so so Craig is yep. is one of our new kind of um, in house sales guys. Um, does does some does some account kind of lead? I, I don't even. I mean, what what is your official title? Well, I, I work out of the sales department. I consider it like dealer facilitator. Okay. I, I, I'm basically trying to find, uh, you know, those people that would be a good fit for us as far as moving our corn products forward and uh, I've had some success. Yeah, but but, uh, but not, I mean, you know, you're, but you're more looking at like a distributor end, sure, not not sure. a not a farmer dealer or yeah. uh, but you're looking at a at another company. Sure. That that sure. that could that could do that. Sure. Yeah, you know, I started out pretty broad in, in an area and kind of start narrowing down and, and looking at some biographical stuff for each for each company to see if it's going to be a fit. Make an email contact, a phone call, you know, have a conversation to to gauge interest, and then you know, if it works uh, like it did with with Sharp Brothers, you know, uh, yeah, we we keep going, and and I make a lot of trips out to Western Kansas, apparently. So. Yeah, and you have it, and, and yes. that and that is one of the um, one of the companies that that you have um, that you have made contact with mm-hmm. that actually have have signed them up to to distribute our seed sure. is is Sharp Brothers out in Kansas. And, and in fact, we're gonna have we're gonna have Jeff, their their sales manager, national sales manager. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna he's gonna be calling in here in a little bit to to talk about that. So so you you've you focused in an area of Kansas. Are there other areas that you focused on? Sure, Kansas, Eastern Colorado. Okay, uh, I've looked into the uh, Texas Panhandle a little yeah. bit, uh, but you know, just trying to get our our name and our product out in areas that uh, either hasn't really taken off or we haven't really you know made it to yet and, right and a, and a company like sharp brothers you know they, they've got a big distribution area for their product so therefore you know it, it really looks like it was a good fit but that's that's basically what i do even though you know there's others around here that say oh well he's never here you know maybe i am maybe, maybe, maybe you I are maybe, maybe you are so uh but yeah it's it's been a good I, i've been here about a year now and it's been a good year and, and have you uh, been here that long yeah yeah. You've been here a whole year and you've never See, been on a podcast? Exactly. You've had Vosberg on like 43 of these. That's only because that they make me. Feelings. That's only because, hey, I can understand why. I can understand why. They ha- they make me talk to Vosberg and you're not here as much as you, you don't should. look very hard. You got to know where to look. <laughs> yeah, the broom closet and the mop closet yeah. don't don't count. 
Well, that's true. Absolutely. I was actually here one full day, and I was in the bullpen in the big room. Yeah. And I was over there and on my computer and all that. And finally, Kevin came and found me about 2.30. He goes, I had no idea you were here. And I said, Kevin, <laughs> I've been here since 8.30 this morning. <laughs> 8.30? It was 8.30, yes. Okay. Maybe okay. Pacific, so, Pacific so we, Coast we, time. We, Pacific Coast time. Yeah, that's a lot. so no. So so you you are you are you are retired coach or retired. I'm a, I'm a retired educator. I, okay. I did a lot of coaching, probably more than I should have. Uh, athletic administration, all those things. Uh, retired uh, last year, the Friday before Memorial Day. Yeah. So uh, started here the Tuesday, the following Tuesday. I started in here. I've uh, known Lynn Crabtree for a long time, and. Uh, he uh, he went to work on me, actually about two years ago. Right, talking and meet, you know we met in church one day and just kind of planted the seed. Sure, which you know, yeah, no flower, yeah pun, pun the, intended. Planted the corn seed. Yeah, and, and so you know I've come in and, and gotten to know some people and you know and seems like a, a, a really good operation setup. Yeah, well and, and, and and you coming in has been a really good fit. You know, and 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 your personality and. And and your ability to go out and you know and, and talk to a talk to a, uh, another company you know you, mm-hmm. you've done some work with some with some other ag retailers sure. uh, some some even even here in, in southern Illinois and and, you, and your ability to do that has been very beneficial and, and it filled mm-hmm. a hole of, of of where you know and, and and you know that that couldn't necessarily be a full time job for somebody yeah. but having somebody with with that as a singular focus has been sure. really has been really helpful and and really good and and you've you've done a fascinating job at it i, I mean just that. just a, just a wonderful job and, and and as much as you know as much as we give you a hard time about uh, about not being around because because hey you're you retired guys are all jealous yeah, everyone that is that is the exact <laughs> thing we are you know you're retired this is this is um this is helping us fill a place this is you know mm-hmm. and, and it, it appears like this is something that you really like yeah. but definitely not something that that a, that yeah. a guy the guy your age would want to do as a full-time job no no and and it it makes my wife happy, believe it or not. You know, it gets me out of the house and gets me, <laughs> well, it gets me away from her for, you know, a few hours a week. So I'm not bugging her. So, Definitely, you know. Definitely. You know, so no, saves the marriage too. Excellent. Hey, so let's um, let's let's uh, let's get let's get Jeff on the line, sure. and we'll call him in and uh, nice and, and talk to yeah, talk to him uh, about um, about his uh, about about Sharp Brother Seats mm-hmm. and and what's going on there. Okay. So on the line right now, we have Jeff Allen from Sharp Seeds. Welcome, Jeff. Appreciate you calling in. No problem. Hey. Glad for having you. Yeah. Glad for having me on the show. Easy for you to say one. <laughs> uh, no worries. No worries. So Jeff, uh, give us a little bit of background of, of who you are and kind of your role there at, at Sharp Seeds. Sure. So I started with the company about four years ago. And I moved in behind Mark Jensen. He was the sales manager first, um, or not first, but um, in front of me. And he retired about a year and a half ago. And I moved up into the sales manager position here at Sharp Brothers. And um, I kind of took over. I do uh, basically, we have three outside salesmen. And um, they travel around Kansas, a little bit of Nebraska, Colorado, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, and a little bit into Missouri, and um, I have another sales associate here. He's an agronomist. Um, he works with me every day. His name is uh, Kena Crone, and um, so we are the sales force of Sharp Brothers, and um, this is a family-owned company. Um, Excellent. Been, been here since about, um, we actually got our first start in 1908, 
when Marcus Sharp, uh, also known as Brownie, uh, brought his first load back um, uh, in this area. Uh, it was called uh, Black Amber Cane Seed is what it was. Um, it was harvested here in northwest Lane County, and that's how it started. Then, okay, and, so uh, so so we got we got to stop right here. So black amber cane seed. Are we talking yeah. like 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 red top cane? I mean, what are what? Yeah, so this is basically before red top. This is back in like 1908. This is okay. first turn of the century. Very, um, they don't even we don't even have that anymore, and it's unheard of basically. But yeah, it's it would be your your typical open pollinated. Um, Forged sorghum is okay. what it would be. Okay, okay. I, and, I, did, I didn't um, mean to didn't mean to break the yeah. train of thought there, but like you nope, said, no people, I, you know, I'd never heard of that before. So, <laughs> yep. And then um, in 1958, uh, Brownie's sons Gail and Gerald, after returning from service, uh, basically came back and asked their father if they could partner with him in his seed business, um, but uh, unfortunately, Brownie refused and told his sons to form their own seed company. <laughs> and, uh, so, so uh, That's Gail and, funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was a little bit different, a little maybe a little rocky, I don't know, it was a long time ago. So Gail and uh, Gerald started their own seed under the name of Sharp Bros Seed Co. And out of their father's building for the next couple years, and then they actually built their building here where I'm actually sitting, it used to be the warehouse, and um, they added to the building in 1964, and then again in 1967. And then um, Gail, uh, which is Dan's dad, which is Dan is the current CEO of Sharp Brothers. Um, uh, Gail continued to, um, you know, manage the feed company until they turned into a business over there, you know, to their sons, which is Dan and David. Uh, Gail is, um, like I said, is uh, Dan's dad. And David was the other brother, or the other, uh, the um, Gerald's son. And then um, in 1999, <clears throat> uh, Dan uh, started managing the plant here in Healy, and David uh, managed the plant in Greeley, Colorado. Uh, since then, Greeley, Colorado has split off from us and been their own company. And uh, Dan manages um, the Sharp Brothers Seed Company here. And his son is uh, coming up behind him and is here in the office every day as well, uh, Tyler Sharp. And then also uh, joining the force is Kira Sharp. And uh, actually, Kira Dandran, I'm sorry, she just got married um, two weekends ago. Yeah. So uh, she is now uh, working for the company as well, um, uh, day to day. And uh, so, yeah, this is a, a really thriving uh, family-operated business. And we're moving first, moving forward. And do very well um we do uh, we're one of the largest um native grass seed companies in the united states and um you know that's kind of what we've built on and then now we're expanding and uh joining master's choice here in our corn lines and, yes uh, so we're looking looking forward to that so um cool so yeah so so explain to us the native grass thing i mean you, you say you're you're one of the largest uh, dis- distributors, producers—I don't, you know, wh- whatever the word there that that's most appropriate uh, of native grasses. So, is is that kind of has that always been that way? Is that what what you all started off with? I mean, you know, and and you know, and, and so is that. How, how does how does that all work? And 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 what what all what all does that entail? Sure. So um, we started as a forage company. 
And then we've noticed, or not we, uh, they noticed back in the 1950s, 1960s, when the CRP was first enacted, um, they needed a place, or the farmers needed a place to buy native grasses. Okay. And so the brothers, um, Gail and um, uh, his brother, uh, looked around and was like, well, we have native grass all around us. Let's try to harvest this stuff and, and you know, follow this trend that the government is trying to set with the CRP and move forward. Okay. And so yeah. that's what they have done. And then that's how they built up the actual, you know, what you see now is the basically the the native grass company. And then so now Dan is basically splitting, or not splitting, but he is building upon that onto uh, Milo lines and corn lines and, you know, flowers and forbs and things like that. Um, and we we sell seed um, pretty much in every state in the United States um, and a little bit along the Atlantic, but not as much. Um, and basically our seeds have, since we've started, our seeds have went to Japan, China, Outer Mongolia, Australia, North Africa, uh, Brazil, Mexico, Germany, Switzerland, um, and uh, last year I was actually a part. We partnered with another uh, company and moved some stuff to um, China uh, here in the last you know year. So is so, that is that mainly grass seed that you're that you're moving into those other countries? Is that is that what I understand? Um, yeah, ninety percent of it's grass. There are a little bit of um, some other commodities, um, some sorghum sand grass, uh, but mostly it's it's all native grasses. So when I say native grasses, I mean uh, buffalo grass, switchgrass, Indian grass, um, big blue stem, little blue stem, you know, blue grama, things that were on the native prairie uh, prior to, you know, basically when the Indians roamed and the buffalo ate. So. Yeah, cool. Very cool. So, are you are, are you are you all still growing and producing that? I mean, is, yes. Okay. So we we have um, um, Sharp Brothers Seed Company and Sharp Farms have um, a lot of acreage uh, that we do our own native grass harvest. Um, we cultivate the fields. We plant, you know, the native grass seed, which takes a long time to establish sure. in order to. Um, harvest seed off of uh, and upwards of two and a half to three years before we get any production off wow. of a native grass. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a huge investment. Um, and so we have several circles of those fields, and then we basically take those and harvest those every year um, after they've developed, and we actually grow some of our own flowers and harvest those. Okay. Um, Maximian sunflower being one of them one of the bigger ones that we harvest. And then we also um, have crews that go out with combines and our equipment, and we go into Nebraska, eastern Kansas, uh, Oklahoma, North Dakota, South Dakota, you know, Texas, and we harvest native grass seed off of um, clients that we've harvested off of for, for decades. Okay. So that's that's how we gather most of our seed. Um you know, a little bit of it we buy that we can't find, or especially grass. But most of it we harvest here ourselves. Um, we 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 can basically say that we we grow it, we harvest it, we clean it, we bag it, and it's all done right here, um, right here in our facility in Healy, Kansas. That's really awesome. That's really awesome. So so the whole the whole native grass thing is is in, is very intriguing to me, in in the sense of so you know coming from a coming from kind of a, a corn background you know so you know we go in we plant corn we we have we have weed control we we go in you know we want to we want to harvest corn 
um, how, how does how does all of that work? Okay, you know, so so let's just say uh, you 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 need you need blue stem. So you go out and you cultivate and you plant a, a field of blue stem. H- how do you make sure that in two to three years, when you need to harvest that seed, that it's still blue stem? Does does that kind of make sense? I mean, how how do you yep. how do you control all the other stuff going on there? So we do um, we actually hire rogers. And they will come in and hand rogue our fields because there is no chemical that we have found that is specifically labeled that will not hurt our seed production. Sure. And so we will actually pay workers to come in and rogue our fields by hand and pick all the weeds out of it. And we usually do that once to twice a year, depending on uh, how the field's coming along and, you know, how the weed pressure is and things like that. Um, actually, we when I first started with this company, <laughs> Uh, you know, I was told, oh, this is a native grass company. We do this and that. And when I was tooling around, I seen that um, on the edges of our, our circles of native grass, we had corn. Yeah. And I was like, why do we have 12 rows of corn right here in the middle of pretty much nowhere with nothing else around? And um, the gentleman that was uh, our old farm manager was leading me around and said, oh, we, we do that to, uh, if we have a real big pigweed or water hemp or whatever you want to call it problem, we'll plant, you know, six to 12 rows of corn in there use different kind of chemicals on it, still raise a crop, um, and then in two years we'll ro- rotate that area back in the grass and then we'll get rid of the weeds. Oh. And so we actually use corn as a way or a method to control some of the weeds on our on our outer uh, layers of our circles. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so we've, we've adapted and overcome, you know, several of the weed problems and you know, every every year is a different year, and and we do our rotations in our fields. So let's say that we uh, we're planting a couple of native grass fields this year, and uh, we've already planted them. We plant those dormant in in the late or the early spring, late winter. Okay. And it'll be about two years before we can you know take a, a seed crop off of that. But that field will basically just just grow as a normal. It, when you drive by it, it just looks like a really tall grass field. Yeah. And uh, we just harvest it, you know, when it's ready, and we'll we'll actually let the seed go the first, you know, two years to spread and, okay. you know, make the stand a little thicker. And then the third year, we usually come in and we'll actually take a harvest off of it. And, uh, you know, we use, um, you know, we use case tractors and, or case combines, and we have a different, basically a pickup reel in the front of them to harvest native, uh, to harvest uh, the buffalo grass. And then uh, we use a, a different kind of a cutter for uh, the native grasses. Yeah. And then it's basically just processed right through a, a normal con. Uh, we change the concaves a little sure. bit. Yeah. Uh, obviously, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's just it's just a normal combine. You know, we just do a little modifications and wow. and uh, go with it through there. So it's it's quite a process. It, yeah, that sounds like it. So so what is um what what's the typical lifespan of that field? So that field will stay in production. Um, from planting until we take it out, usually uh, six to ten years. Oh, wow! Yeah, so we get a, you know you get a pretty good fair turn on it, but the investment that you have to make in the beginning, you you hold for about three and a half, four years sure. before you can actually get you know to turn it basically. So, so what what is the uh, what's the fertility program on on a native grass field? 
you know, I mean, so, so corn, corn, I'm going to go in the guys around here, you know, they're going in with some urea, you know, they're probably going to come back in in a few weeks when everything's up and do a little side dressing, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the dairies that we work with, you know, there's, there's manure applied. What, what is the, what's kind of the, 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 uh, standard protocol for a, uh, for, for a native grass field? Sure. So when it's establishing in those first two years, Native grass actually does not use hardly any fertilizer. Oh. Any fertilizer that you put down will actually be used more readily uh, by the weeds that are there. And so we, we choose not to apply hardly any fertilizer the first two years. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's a little bit of cost savings. Um, because the uh, native grass, you have to think it's been around forever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you know, back in the day when the buffalo roamed, the only fertilizer it had was manure dropped by the roaming buffalo herds. Buffalo poop. And, uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we may come in and do a little bit of, um, you know, some nitrogen or phos to after the third or fourth year to okay. give it a little bump. Usually it doesn't take very much. Okay. So okay. It's, it's completely different from row crops or anything else that you've had. So what is the what what is the what is the typical yield, and I, and I would assume that depending on the species of grass or the species of flower or whatever, but but you know I mean I'm I'm assuming those would be different, but so so let's just say you know let's just say blue stem you know what what are what are we, if we're going to go into a native grass field what's going to be our typical uh, yield? Right, um, we don't uh, really measure that in obviously bushels or sure. anything like that. We usually weigh, we do PLS, um, and PLS stands for pure live seed. Okay. Um, because any grass is chaffy, um, you know, it could be sold in bulk, but 99% of the time all native grass is sold by PLS. Okay. So when we um, harvest a field, um, you know, it may take six to seven, you know, tandem loads of product, let's say, off of that field to the cleaners. Okay. The problem is, is it's full of sticks, you know, little bitty stems, uh, a lot of chaffiness. Um, yeah. Some of the seed heads may not be full. And so it's a lot different than just going out and harvesting corn or, mm-hmm. you know, another grain that doesn't have a real chaffy yeah. alligator yeah. on it. But usually we get a, a pretty, and it, and it varies, um, you know. Um, if the wind blows in the right direction and if the temperature is just right in the late fall and we don't get out there and cut it, all of our seed can blow away. Oh. Uh, it's a major problem. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with what little blue stem looks like, but it looks, the seed is actually attached to um, real small, fine hairs, let's say, okay. or feathers, yeah. and it, yeah. it will basically just blow it away. And so we can come, you know, okay, we're going to cut this field tomorrow. The winds come up late that night. And it'll blow out half your seed before you even get there. Oh my! So it's a it's a real problem. Um, it would be the equivalent of the farmer parking his. Uh, let's say he's going to go in and silage it. Yeah. Parking his silage better there at the edge of the field. Now ah, we're going to start this field and blow it open tomorrow, and then it comes in that night and hails and completely wipes it out. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the, exactly the same thing. <laughs> with, with just the wind. With with, with, just... with just the wind. Yep. Wow. No, it's, it's it's really hard to measure, you know, to directly answer your question, it's really hard to measure exactly how much we're getting off of each field um, until everything is cleaned out sure. and the actual PLS and the germination is set off and everything like that. So so when you when you buy a when when you buy a bag of of native grass seed 
is it mm-hmm. is it by the pound or is it by the number of pure live seeds? So like corn, it's you know, by, I mean, you know, corn. You're going to buy a, a, a unit of corn is eighty thousand kernels of corn. What what what's the how how, how does that work with uh, um, with with native grass seed? Right. So we we do sell it by the pound, and it's and it's by the PLS pound. Okay. And so you're actually it's non-certified PLS pounds is what we sell by. And so what that means basically is is if it if the germ is you know because the other trick on native grass is is you'll have firm seed and you'll have um, seed that will grow this year so um, or dormant seed uh, the okay. dormant seed and the firm seed is two different things and yes. so you'll have seed that will be it you know it'll come up right now and it'll take off and grow you'll have dormant seed um, that will be you know it may wait two years before it comes up. And so that's where you get into like a stratification process to break the dormancy of the seed to raise the, you know the, um, the germination of it that right. first year. And so that's why we have several different lots that we choose from. And so the seed that you typically buy in a CRP mix this year was not harvested last year. It may have been harvested two years, two years ago, ago because we save it to break the dormancy. Okay. Whereas with corn. Obviously, you're wanting to sell it just as soon as you can get it clean and get it. Absolutely. Because the the germ drops. Uh, Where where native grass, it's completely different. So it's it's interesting. It was a very interesting, uh, you know, learning curve for me when I first started uh, because, you know, I didn't really come from a background of uh, selling seed, and um, I, I learned a a very large amount in a very short time obviously to to take this position it, sure. it's quite a learning adventure yeah definitely would be i i'm just sitting there trying to picture tyler asking his dad if he could get in the seed business and dan telling him no go start his own <laughs> <laughs> it, it took you that it took no, you this I, long no, through had, the whole conversation no, well, to come up with that craig well I was I was kind of stunned at first, but no. Uh, one of the things that's really impressed me is their the custom uh, mixing that they do with their yeah. seed, and uh, and I know Jeff. Yep. You know when we went on the tour out there, that's something that really you know kind of caught my eye, and just wanted to know you know kind of how that started and and what goes into that. You know decisions made on what goes in the in the custom mixes. Sure. So um, the, our custom mixes were made um, by uh, basically the the seedsmen of the past, uh, some of them. Some of them we've had, like our PM6 mix, which is a PM stands for pasture mix, and it has been around for 10 to 15 plus years. And basically we, the the salesmen of that time, basically seeing that, hey, you know, we have several people that are uh, looking for these mixes um, that they can either bale or feed their livestock with. How can we make that more uh, uniform, so we can make obviously better decisions on what crops we're going to plant to be more profitable, and that's where they came up with, well, let's do a standard mix, a PM mix, and the you know they tried several of them, some of them nobody bought, and others everybody bought. So obviously, supply and demand so, yeah. caused the mixes. The other thing that we do when I first started, um, I helped design a. Uh, a pollinator mix, which we call the Monarch Butterfly and Honeybee mix, and there was, uh, <coughs> excuse me, there were several NRCS agents um, that basically were wanting, 
we want three we want you know three flowers that bloom in the spring three in the summer three in the fall and then a couple extras to cover the ones that bloom, don't bloom their first year uh, of growth and so I worked with a couple entomologists out of uh, the Wilson uh, Lake area that studies you know bees and insects yeah. and pollinators basically and we basically came up with a mix of flowers that was readily available so it makes it cheap and that covers all the NRCS basics because in our line of work um, the government subsidy CRP programs and the CSP programs and the pollinator programs are all driven by um, those people that make those mixes which is the NRCS and the entomologists and and people like that okay so you're following you're basically following their guidelines and their regulations for what what types of seeds need to be in there that is correct okay and and a lot of it comes from experience um, and seeing different mixes grow and and knowing exactly which uh, variety of grass will grow in each area okay Um, I have a an extensive soils background um, pretty much all throughout Kansas, some of Missouri, a little bit of Nebraska, a little bit of Oklahoma. And so when I started, um, you know, I had an extreme amount of soils background. So when somebody called me from Kansas City and said, hey, I need a grass mix uh, for my five acres that I want to put a horse on outside of Kansas City, um, I could ask them exactly, well, you know, where are you at? And I'd look it up on a map and know exactly what type of soil is in that area because of, um, you know, my past history of dealing with soils in that area. And so I could pull up and then match the variety of which um, would be, you know, the mouse drought uh, drought tolerant, um, you know, anything in that soil, you know, if it was heavy caliche or whatever it may be, and design a mix to fit that and, and get the customer exactly what he wanted. And that's what also goes into making a, a custom mix for somebody. So, so, so Jeff, I, I have to stop you there because... I'm getting this look from across the table because I, I, I grew up in Texas and and, mm-hmm. and I grew up with the term caliche. So I, I understand <laughs> right. what caliche is, right? But the, right. these 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 boys in southern <laughs> Illinois, they they, yeah. when you, they don't have any idea what caliche is. So so would you right. for for the for the benefit of, of my my co host partner here, Craig, would you explain to him what caliche <laughs> is? So caliche soil is basically, um, uh, it's a sedimentary rock. It's um, a hard natural cement of calcium carbonate that binds with other materials such as gravel, sand, clay, and silt. And it occurs, it actually occurs w- worldwide, but in some locations you have to dig down further for it than others. So around the, the Missouri side of Kansas City and maybe even southern Kansas City, you may get into some of that, and that's what it is. It's basically just a a, a formation, and it's usually it's white. And a lot of people call it gypsum. Um, around around western Kansas, it's called gypsum as well. So, but that's basically what gyp, uh, caliche is. So well, I knew it's a little that, bit different. I knew what that was. I just didn't know what it was called. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I got it now. I, I didn't figure you were you were. I, not, I knew I'm that you knew smart, what it was. Not, yeah. I just was helping him. I, I just wanted him to define the term caliche. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I got it now. so <laughs> hey, we're not all picking on you, Craig. Just calm down. Okay. I'm, <laughs> all right. All right. We're good. 
<laughs> so 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 the, so so these guys could call and 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 you could you could match up what kind of seed that they needed for their soil types and their regions and all that. So so not only do you have do you have what I would say would be um, already made up blends, but you can you can blend you can blend other other things for for I guess a custom blend is that can yep. you also do that? Yep, we can do whatever they want. So if somebody calls me and says I want to put a warm season grass with a cool season grass with a bunch of legumes and you know I want to use a cover crop of um, you know um, chickpeas or you know, cow peas or something just off the wall crazy, I could say, okay, sure, if you want to do that, it's fine. However, I would advise you, you know, that you may not want to mix all those together be- depending on what you're going, your end use is. Sure. And so we like to take it just a little bit, you know, a little step further because, you know, obviously the customer is always right, but the customer might not always get what he's actually talking about. Hey, that that, that's sense. not that's not true. I have met plenty of dumb customers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have any dumb customers. Well, there you go. Wow, look yeah. how lucky you all are. <laughs> yeah. They may be a little uneducated, but yeah. yeah, we don't have any dumb 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 customers. But uh, it is it is kind of hard sometimes to, you know, to, to steer somebody in the right direction sure. of what they actually want, and that's that good that. That is what takes up a majority of our time is to actually ask the questions. What exactly are you looking for in the end? What are you actually going to use it for? Right. You know, what, what is the actual purpose of it? Because, you know, you have to understand, you know, some of these grass mixes start off at like $100 an acre. Ooh. You know, and for, you know, for corn guys, you know, that's pretty cheap. But, uh, you know, for somebody who's going to plant for this. Not pasture. Never, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, for for somebody who's going to plant this and not get a real return off of it for another two years, yeah, you really got to be concise on what you want and Absolutely. what your expectations are. Yeah, and 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 considering that you know, I mean, you're talking a hundred bucks an acre. That's probably what twenty, thirty pounds. Of that's gra- about six pounds, about maybe ten si- pounds. Yeah, yeah, you know, so and you that's PLS pounds. Right. You know, and that that's one of the things that we always have to explain the difference between PLS and bulk. You know, right. when, when you order the seed and when you buy it, you're buying it in PLS. Yeah. Let's just say that you bought our, you know, we have a tall grass mix for hardland soil, and it's five PLS pounds, and it's about $50 an acre. Now, when you get that bag, it's going to be about five and a half, six pounds of actual seed in the okay. bag. And so we get a lot of that, you know, hey, how do I set my drill? You know, sure. how do we go through that? You know, so there's a lot of that. Definitely. So so um, how much of this how, how much of this is going into what I would say pasture and production agriculture? How much of the, the, the native grass seed or, or the grass seed that you sell? How much of that goes into, to, you know, production? And how much of that goes into like the CRP and the set aside and stuff like that? Do you, I mean, you got any idea about, about what that, that looks like percentage wise? Yeah, I would say I'm just going to use this 2017, 2018 CRP season because sure. it goes, it starts in November 15th. And then it ends, the last closing date is May 15th uh, from when they have to get it planted. Um, most of it is April 15th, but there are some programs that extend out to May 15th. I would say this year uh, our company has probably done, uh, during that just that time, I would say our company has done probably 80% uh, CRP okay. and government programs, and then probably, you know, 20% the guy that basically 
I know this farm ground isn't going to produce me any money farming. Let's switch over to a native grass and either do I'll hay it or I'll graze it or I'll turn it back to pasture. And I don't want to mess with it anymore. Sure. You know, that's the other 20%. Yeah. Um, and uh, most of that 20%, obviously nobody wants to come into this and say, all right, Jeff, I want 150 or 200 acres of um, a native grass stand because let's be honest, you know, that that's a, a huge chunk of money that you're not going to get any return on for the next, you know, year and a half, two right. years. And so there's a lot of people that really push to get into those CRP programs. And I've, I've heard rumors that the, you know, the CRP is going to be up a little bit higher for the 2018 farm bill, which I hope it is because we have a lot of ground um, that shouldn't have been broken out in the first place right. and obviously needs to go back in for, um, you know, runoff and things like that, you know, erosion issues that they're sure. having. So I, I hope we get that straightened out. Good deal. Jeff, I, uh, I appreciate you uh, calling in. I appreciate you letting us um, – uh, talk to you about this, this, this native grass thing, you know, and, and you said at the beginning, you know, y'all are native grasses, sorghums, uh, flowers, other things. And, and you have started carrying master's choice corn. And, and really I, I, the, the whole native grass thing fascinated me enough that it didn't bother me that we could just, that we could just go off on that. So, so I, I appreciate that. I appreciate, uh, the, um, that you all are, are, uh, are interested and, and, and are going to be carrying master's choice. I, I understand some of you are coming down in, in a couple of weeks or coming over yes so i'm i'm thinking it's going to actually be uh, dan sharp tyler sharp and myself all coming down yes. hopefully the week of the 21st is what we're shooting for i'm glad tyler and, got invited uh, hopefully we can yeah hopefully <laughs> we can do that in person and uh you know maybe chat a little bit more about how we're gonna uh, you know do our corn stuff absolutely and, uh, bring it to the market out here in western kansas and a little bit of colorado and and through uh, Eastern Kansas as well, so we're we're really looking forward to that. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to the to the uh, to the camaraderie and the partnership and and working together in that way, and and excited um, for for the things that that your group can bring uh, bring to us and and just building you know a, a good relationship there. So, Jeff, I'm gonna yep. I'll I'll leave you with the last word before we before we say goodbye because I don't want to leave Craig with the last word. It, it would. No. So, so in, in, anything else that, that we missed about sharp seeds that we should know? Um, you know, you know, we did mention a lot about native grasses, but we also um, have several different products. We can pretty much source and have in our inventory everything except for soybeans, and we can get those. But uh, that is, we have everything from alfalfa, oh. cover crops, enhancements, forages, special mixes, obviously the pasture grasses we've talked about. Wildlife mixes, oats, wheat, triticale, corn, obviously now, uh, <laughs> sorghum, teff, millet, awesome. uh, turf grasses, wildlife, you know, wildflowers, wildlife mixes. We pretty much have it all here. So, looking to partner with uh, Master Choice and and bring on the corn line nice and strong, like all of our other products, and uh, help the farmer out best we can. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey Jeff, we appreciate you calling in and and um, and and taking your time to talk with us. Look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, and so y'all take care out there. Okay. All right, you guys do the same. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. All right, bye bye. So uh, so Craig, that was you know with uh, with Jeff calling in. Um, I I had 
I had no idea. I didn't either, and I've been there. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, this all all of this native grass stuff was yeah. absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I was really kind of planning on talking about corn. you know corn and carrying silly corn. You. Yeah, silly me. Yeah. Here we are. But um, but but what a what a fascinating it thing. And, and you've you've actually been you, you've actually been out there. Yeah. I think you and I are heading out in in June. In, in June. June. Yeah, we're gonna head out in June and see those guys. So. You, you were telling me that they, you know, basically Healy, Healy, Healy Kansas. Healy, Kansas is a town of 127, as he, as it was explained to me, is half the town works there and the other half's in school there. But uh, there's a gas station with a restaurant, a church, a gun shop. And, hey, what more do you and need? Sharpie. Seed, you guns. Got seed, seed, guns, and guns food, and gas, food, food, and church, man. What go. else? What else do you need? It, it is a, you know, obviously a very quiet place, but, but. Uh, the the place itself, Sharp Seeds itself, is pretty impressive. It uh, it goes forever. They have so many uh, storage facilities and all that, and they have you know ten as you know Jeff said they got ten thousand acres out there, and uh, you know they lease some of it out. But uh, yeah, it's quite an operation. You know who, who would have known? You know you, you pull up in this little this little old this town. little place. And I mean, it's not even a town. It's just a it's place. Just a, uh, just a dot. Not yeah. even a dot. Yeah, and and to think that that they're you know distributing seed all over the U.S. But yeah. then, but then into all of those other countries, like he was talking about, yeah. just just absolutely but, fascinating. And knowing this too, because uh, it just happened, but he didn't mention that he just got back from South Africa. Maybe you maybe you weren't supposed to tell. <laughs> yeah. does, it, does anybody maybe, watch these podcasts? Maybe, 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 anybody I, watching? And hey, I can I can tell you this: nobody watches this podcast. Okay. They all listen. It's a podcast. Well, it could be a visual <laughs> podcast. It's, it's, you can watch that would, them. That would be a video then. Well, it come could on, be. Craig. Come on. Hey, thanks for coming in today. No problem. I, I hope I, I get to come back. I, I, I think as well as this went, and as good a job as you did working with, with Sharp Seed, that, uh, that finding those guys and kind of bringing those guys on board and, and, and uh, selling them the dream, as we'll say around here. But um, as, as good a job as you did that and as good a job as you did in the podcast here, I, I, th- I think we'll definitely have you back. Music trivia? I, I don't. Music corn trivia. M- music corn trivia. I, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something <laughs> okay. out. Absolutely. Hey, guys out there listening, I appreciate you all. Remember that we are social. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and always, always, always at seedcorn.com. You guys take care.